Hello, and welcome to Makers.dev, episode number 41. Chris, buongiorno, come stai? <laughs> yeah, you are in Italy, right? Is I'm in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> How's that going? It's, uh, it's so much fun. I, I uh, spent the last week in Croatia, went to Dubrovnik, went to Split, went to uh, Kortula, and was in full vacation mode. I have nothing to talk about that's work-related, uh, but I... Sure do have a whole bunch of really cool drone footage. Uh, and this is like the first day that I've gotten to sit down and do work. And oh my gosh, it's so nice. I'm so happy to be able to like sit down and, and do stuff. Uh, specifically, something that I'd like to ask you about uh, involving GPT-3. Uh, I finally got access to GPT-3 and I got it like in the middle of this vacation. So I haven't gotten to touch it until today. <laughs> Exciting. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I would love to pick your brain on like, what do I do with this? I've seen a lot of the demos that you've posted of like the stories that you've completed of things with dragons, but what's what's your advice on how to start playing with this thing? What are the first things to do when I get GPT-3? Yeah, so um, the playground that they have has some really good examples also. So I would just check out all those examples if you haven't. Um, but some of the things... I like to think about it like a, it's a distillation of all human knowledge. And so like, you know, you can ask it about just about anything. And I would try to like do lots of different topics. Um, and then there are some tricks to like getting it to return well. Um, it will prompt you for some of those tricks. Like, uh, but some of the other things are like, um, it has read a lot of books and it understands Markdown and stuff. And so one thing I like to do is like, say the prompt would be something like, here is a list of, and then whatever your topic thing is, you know, and then you can like say, you can give it a dash or a bullet or it understands markdown. So you can like do, you know, inline lists and stuff and you give it a couple of examples and then just have it complete the list. That's really fun. Um, yeah. And, uh, but otherwise, uh, you can check out the playground. What, what do you think you want to use it for? Do you have any ideas? Well, I have this new thing called attaboy.dev that it would be yes. cool if I had automated responses to it. Um, being able to complete lists is very interesting because I'm I'm thinking now of like uh, a, a packing list app is a thing that I've been wanting to throw together. I have a solution for this just based on to-do apps. But my system is like anytime I go on a trip, uh, I, I just read through the entire packing list. It's one master list of everything I could possibly pack. And then if I think of anything in reading that list or in packing for any particular trip, I add that thing to the, to the master list. Um, so I think it... That would be very interesting if, if uh, it suggested more things for me to do to, to add to the packing list. Or uh, I'm thinking also of like a checklist in David Allen's Getting Things Done book that's prompting you to think of all the tasks that you might have in every area of your life. And he's like, ah, think of everything relating to finances and retirement accounts. And if you have a boat, like what, what to do is do you have to do on your boat? Um, so I could see completing those lists. That, that Yeah, completing a list is not something that I'd, I'd thought of before. Um, I really don't know. I just, I want to I want to learn how this tool works and get a better understanding of it so that I can better understand what problems it might be good at solving. Similar to like just learning how AI works in general. Yeah, I think that's all good. Um, also like for your packing list idea, I would like say, you could say something like, you know, here is a list of things I need to bring on my vacation and then give two examples. But I would also say like on my winter vacation or on my, you know, trip to 
roam or you know whatever like uh change the input by just a little bit and you can see some really massive differences in the output i mean that's always mm. interesting yeah so yeah just play around with it they have a really good playground uh yeah how fascinating i love thinking about it as it's a it's a accumulation of all of humans intelligence it's like a a wikipedia you can talk to how wild that this is a thing that exists um do you know I, the email that I got from them that was the invitation said that they gave me fourteen dollars in credit uh, and that my account was limited to that? Can I? I can use it much more than that, right? I can just give them more money. Yep. Yeah. Once you're invited, okay. you can add a credit card and do it. Um, it can get very expensive if you like run it on an API, but if you're just using the playground, I think you get like three months of playground for free or something. So okay. um, I am now past that actually, and so I need to put in a credit card if I want to use it cool. more. But uh, yeah. And if I wanted to spin this out into a product, if I wanted to connect this with Attaboy.dev, that's okay to do. I, I just set up the API calls, and I'm, I'm not gonna—they're not gonna get mad at me for like using this in a commercial product. Correct. Yep. Yeah. You own. I mean, there's a license agreement that you have to like read through. So read through that. But yes, you can use the output for everything, and I think you own the copyright of everything that comes out of it. Cool. Um, so yep. The the other thing I'd say is there's different model levels. And their biggest one is like 10 times more expensive than the next biggest one. And the next mm. biggest one is like almost as good as the biggest one. So if you're using it commercially, I would pick one of the smaller models um, okay. because the big one is very expensive. Okay, cool. Um, what sorts of things have you done with this? Do you have this deployed in anything commercial or is, is this just for fun and for interesting tweets? Yeah, so right now it's just for fun. Um, I have thought about several different products I can make out of it. The, the biggest product that someone's probably made with it is copy.ai, um, which is interesting. Uh, and then last, the last conversation, the last podcast we had was all about like how you might be able to use this for nonfiction brainstorming, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, what it's really good at is if, if you can think about it like an improv partner. So they do like, like yes and as part of the improv process, right? So mm. like you can be the first part. You can say, I'm doing this, 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 and this. And then the the gpt3 is like the yes and partner so it's going to just keep going with whatever thought you have hmm. um so it's really good at like if you have the start of a thought and then it can complete the thought or give you like lots of options for completing the thought hmm. um so that's where it's really good for like brainstorming ideas about what to write about for example you can say like i'm thinking about writing about you know whatever and then uh it can give you you know 10 like riffs on that idea basically um that's some of the stuff it's really good at I like that framing that this is a tool for divergent thinking. This It doesn't sound like this is uh, as good for, like, you know, here, here are my abstract disparate thoughts. Here is my Zettelkasten of every note that I've had. Uh, condense this into something that makes sense, like synthesize this information. It sounds like this has already gone through the work of synthesizing information of the entire internet, and I, I, can, I can poke it in different spots, and it can spit out novel, interesting things. Um, Okay, so so in the part of a process where I'm looking for more divergent thinking, where I want to say, like, come up with more things that are like this. Given a title, write a blog post. Given a given a, the start of a list or the title of a list, give me the list. Um, okay, cool. That makes sense. Um, and this is just text, is that right? It's, yep. Okay. Okay. Man, have fun. <laughs> this is the closest thing we have to like a, a commercially available general ai uh I'm, I'm so excited to play with this yeah i've had a lot of fun just playing around with it too yeah it's, it's neat 
We talked two episodes ago about the difference between a zero shot learner and a few shot learner. Uh, this would GPT three is a few shot learner because I I give it an example of the thing I want, and then it learns the rules of the game from that and gives me the result. You can hear it. You you, you can treat it like a uh, few shot learner or a zero shot learner. So you can say like I need to on, I'm going on a vacation and I need to pack. And then it may complete it like a list of things, or it may complete it like mm -hmm. I need to pack, you know, lightly so that I can hike up the mountain, you know, like as sentences. And so that would be zero shot learning, where you don't exactly know how it's going to finish. A uh, few shot learning would be I need to pack and then give it two items, you know, and then it would know to complete it like a list. So basically, the more information you give it, the more it's like this few shot learning idea, where it you'll get more structured output. Cool. Have you, in the time that you've spent playing with it, built any heuristics of, like, the sorts of things that it's better to give it examples versus the sorts of things that it's better to, to just give it a title? Or does it depend and you, you just play around with it and see what you get? Uh, it very much depends. I don't think I have any great uh, yeah, ideas about that. I will say it is really good about, um, like, fiction. It is, it, if you're trying to do, like, facts, like nonfiction, it will say something that sounds very plausible and is often extremely wrong. <laughs> so don't rely on it for nonfiction, I would say. Okay, noted. <laughs> That's kind of dangerous. Like, yeah. It has all the intelligence of knowing what a fact sounds like. But, um, interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, neat. I'm, I'm excited to play with this. Uh, what did you get up to while I was gallivanting around Europe and doing nothing productive? Yeah, uh, it, mostly this has been my first like full week of I, not my first full week of my masters, but I'm I have assignments now that are due right, and uh, so I've been doing those. The deep learning one was was relatively easy because I've done a lot of that before, um, but now I'm doing my parallel systems one, which is in C plus plus using threads, which I haven't oh. done for 15 years. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, um, the, the problem itself is pretty interesting. Um, I can talk about that. So, the problem that like it's it's a bit of a toy problem, but also like important for lots of parallel problems so you have an array of values and then the output has to be that same the same length array but every item is the uh, the addition so the sum of all the items that have come before it um, and so this is called a parallel parallel uh, prefix sum or prefix scan um, and if you do it with one thread i mean that that is easy you just walk through each one and you sum up you know and then accumulate the sum as you go along and then you can do that in order of n time. But if you try to do it in parallel, every value relies on all the values before it. So it at first mm -hmm. looks like you can't do it in parallel at all, right? But there are ways to do it. If you treat it in, instead of like a serial sequence of sums, if you treat it like a tree of sums, then for example, you can, every second value you can add to its neighbor and that you can do all mm -hmm. in parallel. And then every fourth mm -hmm. value you add to its neighbor three away. And then every eight value, mm -hmm. seven away. Um, and then... So that's called a reduce step. And then you do the exact same thing in reverse. And then that is log of n time instead of n, or log of n depth instead of n. Um, and then you can split that up into different threads. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so that's the, the task is to code that algorithm up and then basically compare it to the sequential algorithm. You hope that, you know, let's say with four threads, you get like four times speed up or so, uh, but there's overhead for managing the threads and stuff. And so I have to write up a little report about, you know, what speed up I saw and why it wasn't for, you know, exactly four times and all that stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's interesting, but it's tough because I haven't done threads for a long time. 
In C++, I remember that just being brutal. It's, yeah. it's just not... I uh, Every every assignment I had in undergrad where I had to do C++ threads, I would, after just becoming exhausted and like I, I had finally done it, I would redo the exact same assignment in Ruby and it would be like 10 lines as opposed <laughs> to like 200. And yeah. I would perfectly understand it and the things were named the, the correct thing that they should be. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of C++. Uh, is that? I, I I guess in this class you're trying to learn things that, as close to the metal as possible. Uh, this, this doesn't seem like the sort of thing that you would be doing, but I guess the point of the class is just to get you more comfortable with like this is what's happening under the hood. Yeah, so it it builds on itself too. So this is the first one, so it's very close to the metal using threads. The next one is going to be a CUDA. I think I think we're probably going to do the same example, but with CUDA. And what that means is you could run it on a GPU. So instead of doing it with four threads at a time, you could do it like with a hundred thousand operations at a time, or no, ten thousand oh, operations at a time, right? So like you can split up the work into ten thousand chunks at a time. Okay. Um, and then after that, we go a little higher level. So I say a little, but we're using Go after that and then Rust after that. Um, so Go mm -hmm. has very interesting concurrency thing. Uh, so under the hood, it uses, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called now. In Go, they're called channels, so which is a very lightweight way to send yeah, work distributedly over the network. Mm -hmm. um, and then in Rust, there's very interesting shared memory primitives. So yeah, it gets a little more abstract uh, after this, but. Yep. Threads. What is CUDA? I, I vaguely oh. remember you mentioning something about that, but yeah, sorry. CUDA is how you program GPUs. Basically, it's a special okay. way to tell the computer how to do these parallel operations. Yep. Okay. Is it a language or a framework? I think. I think it's. I think the language is actually still C but CUDA is like the. I guess it's a library. I, I will know more in a, in a month. But yeah, I think okay. it's. I think it's a library, and it has all these like ways that you can tell the GPU to do things. Gotcha. GPU coding, I have only ever stumbled on accidentally. I think I was trying to learn how to do something in uh, virtual reality. Uh, that terrifies me. That looks <laughs> so complicated. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I, I'm excited to hear about how uh, your adventures in, uh, in CUDA go. Uh, that, something that, that intrigues me a lot about TensorFlow is that they have done all that abstraction for you, and you just have this API that's tricky to interact with but you're still using traditional coding tools and you just have your one import statement of like all right now shift this to the gpu and now give me the result back and i don't care or want to know what happened on the gpu side just get it done uh how you're gonna get things done uh i, I like abstractions i like yes i like knowing that it's not magic but okay i've i've gone down in the weeds i've figured out that you can sum this array in, in a tree structure and now i never want to go back there again i uh Cool. Well, that's fun. So that's the uh, that's one of the two classes that you're in, mm -hmm. uh, and then I think you're in a second class uh, that you said that, that. Oh, you mentioned at the beginning the, the other assignment you said Deep was learning. trivial. Deep learning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's pre it's pretty easy. Is creating a neural network, which I've done now, you know, several dozen times. So yeah, yeah. Um, it'll get more complicated. Uh, I, I've already uh, gotten some things in this class that I haven't you know picked up on before. That's why I'm taking it. But it also is going to get more complicated. It's going to go into re reinforcement learning, which I haven't done at all, mm -hmm. um, and some other things. And so I'm interested. Looking forward to that. Yep. Cool. Are they using PyTorch? Yep. yep. PyTorch. Makes sense. Neat. Uh, that might be all we have to talk about. <laughs> yes. I, I have one more thing, which is oh. uh, in uh, 
a couple weeks now, I will be going to Austin, Texas to go to MicroConf local. So, oh, yeah. I, I live so close to Austin. I know <laughs> you do. Oh, it's, it's like a four hour drive, which uh, I could have had my Tesla drive me there. Uh, <laughs> and I'll be in Europe uh, a little ahead of time for MicroConf Europe. It's, what, a, what a shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to hang out in person uh, at one of these soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I chose that one. I, so I almost didn't go because of COVID, right? But I'm vaccinated. I can wear masks and they're requiring vaccinations for everybody at the conference. So mm. I feel, you know, nervous, but okay about that, I guess. Um, yeah. So I'm going, uh, and then I'm taking an extra day to walk around UT Austin. Now that I'm a student, I can go actually get a student ID, which is fun. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to probably set up, uh, meetings with some of the students I've already met who live in Austin. Um, yeah, so it's kind of a dual purpose uh, trip. Should be fun. That's so cool. If you want to continue hanging out there until when I'm back on October 8th, I would love to hang out in Austin with you. I, I already had to negotiate with my wife for, you know, the couple days away. So ah, <laughs> yeah, right. I always, I always, whenever I go on a business trip uh, of any kind, just before it, I'll do something uh, to the house. So I, <laughs> that's kind of the negotiation. So I, and we have this big shelf that's been sitting in a box in our garage for a while and I'm going to hang it up mm. just before I go. And that's my, uh, <laughs> that's my payment for going. I was going to ask her, are you building a deck or what? <laughs> no, no. Just putting up a shelf. <laughs> Okay. Okay. That's reasonable. That's a reasonable trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll ship you another shelf to, to hang up if that means you can come hang out in Austin again. Uh, that's funny. Good. Uh, I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad the, the uh, master's program is pushing you forward, giving you new knowledge. Uh, I'm excited to hear more updates about that. And I'm very excited to be playing with GPT-3. Yeah, sounds great. Cool. 20-minute episode. That might be our shortest one yet. I think so, uh, yeah. This is next week. I will actually be able to do work, so I'll have a lot of stuff to talk to you about uh, on right. my GPT-3 adventures. Uh, but until then, that's all I got. That's all I got, dude. Then I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.